as human beings, we think we're really savvy and data focused and we like weigh the pros and cons. At the end of the day, we are human beings and human beings make emotional decisions. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Thursday, and in these episodes, we focus on one of two things. We'll either be sharing one of our favorite and most actionable talks from a Flip My Funnel event, or you'll hear Sangram and someone from the Terminus team discuss how they're getting better in a specific functional area of Terminus's business. And remember, like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Thanks so much for being here. The last session uh, in this Flip My Funnel track. We're going to get into the weeds. I am a marketer by trade and a salesperson by trade. So I like to get into nitty gritty. And hopefully we'll have a little bit of time afterwards if you have any questions. So feel free to kind of jot some stuff down. But I want to talk today about how you can be fueling your ABM strategy with inbound. You know, the topic of today has really been around a- ABM being a key part or being the, the main strategy for B2B. And I don't want us to forget about the power of inbound and how that can impact your strategies. So a couple things about me, if we've never met before. First of all, I've, you know, frequently gone on record and said, I believe ABM is really orchestrated inbound. And the reason I say that is because in a perfect world, right? If I'm, I'm a salesperson, do I want to be kind of quote cold reaching out to somebody? You know, yes, I'm going to do all of my targeted um, research and make sure that I've got the right, the right person, the right type of account. There's intent, all of these, all those important aspects. But in a perfect world, don't I want the right people that I've pre-identified to find me and kind of believe that they happened upon you as an organization? And then you're able to kind of take them, you know, through the rest of their buying process. And the answer is yes. So really, when you're when you're executing solid ABM, it should feel like orchestrated inbound. I also I host a podcast called Smart Bug on Tap. It's like a micro podcast, like five six minutes at a time, once a week. So you can check it out if you're interested. I serve on the board of a nonprofit called Girls in Tech, actually the Phoenix chapter of Girls in Tech. So one of my passions is trying to increase the number of females in leadership roles uh, in the technology community. So if you're into that, please check that out. Lately, I'm crazy addicted to Pilates, Mike and I candy. Don't eat Mike and I candy before you do Pilates. Not a good idea. And then late night with Seth Meyers. So if you like any of those things, uh, feel free to, to chat about that. And also, I might be known as a scotch snob. So if you want to catch me later, we can, we can talk scotch. All right. So making the case for inbound. Why inbounds, why inbounds important? First of all, how many people in the room have an inbound program in your organization? Okay, almost everybody. How many people are doing ABM? All right, keep your hand up if you're doing both. You're doing inbound and ABM. Okay, awesome. So I feel like it's about like half of us are are doing both. Why is inbound so important? First of all, we all know that 84% of buying committees have a champion, right? You plan your strategy around this one individual in the organization who is going to be that internal champion that you have. The thing is, that champion holds 59% of the purchasing influence over the buying committee. That's almost as much influence as I have over decisions in my household. I don't know about you guys, but that's a lot of influence that that person has. 
And 97% of champions will tell you that they've actually made their purchasing decision before the committee has even been formed. So if you're not thinking about how you're going to influence those champions long before they've actually come into your, your, that EBM pipeline, you're missing out on an opportunity to educate and inform them. And champions will cite content, research, and expertise as those primary considerations when making a purchase. So even if these stats, and this was from B2B marketing, even if these stats were, let's say they were hints. Let's say, okay, Jen, these were inflated. You know, you disagree with the research. Let's say they were 50% of these. This would still be a compelling reason to ensure that you're meeting each one of those champions all across their buyer journey. So I mentioned I like to get tactical, and I want to talk about three very specific ways that inbound will fuel ABM. One way is through buyer personas. Who here has built out your buyer personas? By, okay, and by conducting research, you conducted external research to create your personas. All right, amazing. Not enough hands just went up, okay? So if you're really interested in in expanding your buyer persona research at SmartBug, I recommend the, uh, that we recommend the Adele Ravella model. So she's the CEO and founder of the Buyer Persona Institute. And through that model, you are able to conduct interviews and conduct research in a way that is less prescriptive. And it's more you're having a very natural conversation. Like you think about the types of things you learn about somebody over a cocktail or over a cup of coffee and what someone will reveal to you that's not part of like a very business-minded sort of script. So really excellent resource. You can check it out. The second way that I, what I want to share is about content offers and how you can ensure you have content offers at each stage of the journey of each person who's a member of your buying committee, but most importantly, that champion who's making decisions before they are even, you know, talking with you. And then finally, web experiences. Obviously, we live in a digital world. We live in a mobile world. And ensuring that all members of your buying committee are going to have a top-notch inbound optimized experience when they're interacting with you. So buyer personas. Buyer personas, if you're not familiar, they are semi-fictional representations of your ideal customer. And we spend in ABM, we spend a lot of time, I see ABM marketers spending a lot of time building out their target account list. But you don't sell to a company, you sell to people. And that's why buyer persona research is so critical. And inbound marketing personas, really sophisticated inbound marketing personas, give us more than just their company name and their job title. So if you raised your hand and you said, yep, I got buyer personas, and your buyer persona is a person who is, let's say, a HR director at a company that has 50 to 1,000 employees located in the U.S. and uses Salesforce, great. You've got demographics. You don't have psychographics. And that's where you got to go a little bit deeper and where inbound can help. When you conduct buyer persona research, you'll learn how someone likes to communicate with you. So when I think about my buyer personas that we have at SmartBug, I know who is going to be open to text messages, who I'm going to meet at an, likely to meet at an event, Who's going to be spending time on LinkedIn? Who is going to be more, more open to a phone call or opening emails? 
And that information can then obviously can be used in marketing for the way that you deliver your message, but also is really valuable for your sales team whose job is to create these engaging experiences kind of human to human with your, with your potential buyers. The other piece that you'll learn when you conduct buyer persona research is what platforms that they're using to consume information. And the better you can understand where to focus your energy, the, the more effective your marketing is going to be. So it's far too easy to try to kind of do, do too much, right? So focus on where the, your personas actually are, not where you think they are, but actually ask them these questions. What types of content they actually enjoy? So do, do does this kind of persona prefer, you know, video content? Do they, do they like audio? Do they have a long commute where a podcast is going to be very engaging for them and, and really, you know, really helpful for them? Or are they a very like research focused, data driven type of person who wants to read long reports? Your buyer persona research will tell you that so you know what to build for them. And finally, you know, how they make decisions. And even though as human beings, we think, you know, we think we're, we think we're really savvy and data focused and we like weigh the pros and cons. At the end of the day, we are human beings and human beings make emotional decisions. And it's our, it's one of our jobs in sales and marketing to make sure we understand what may be emotionally driving somebody and, you know, really what, really kind of what they care about. So for example, if I'm trying to market and sell to a CMO, right, it's going to be important for me to know how that CMO is compensated. Is the CMO compensated off of account engagement, off of website traffic? off of leads, off of deals, like where does that come from? And what else is going on in that person's life? What is most likely? About what age are they? Do they have children? Maybe they're saving for college. So they may not be making the most logical decision for their business, for the, for the business, because they may be biased by, you know, something else they have going on in their lives. I know this is getting a little bit more into like psychology, but it's, it's a factor that gets overlooked a lot. And we have to remember that we, we sell and market to humans. Content offers. So I mentioned you've got these champions. How do you make sure you have the right kind of content at each stage of that journey for them? Your buyers are, they are educating themselves before they speak to sales, before they end up on one of your target account lists. They are conducting research. They are consuming information. They are talking to people. They are constantly being influenced. And so it's your job as a marketer to make sure that your message is available to them and it's a, it's, it is appropriate and applicable to them at every stage of that journey from before they realize they have a pain until they decide they have a pain and they're not quite sure what it is to the point where they then go, what am I going to do about this pain? Am I going to address it or not? So then figuring out what the solution is going to be. And that solution may be, okay, now I'm going to buy a technology, right? That solution is not necessarily, I'm going to buy, you know, Terminus, okay? So they have a lot of options and you need to make sure that you're educating them specifically where they can access it themselves. So content will also, it'll allow you to improve that brand recognition that you have among your personas within your target accounts, so again, remember people are human and they want to feel good about the purchasing, the decision they're making. So you need to make sure you have those, those uh, helpful solutions and that you're seen as somebody who's going to kind of help them achieve their goals. Again, long before they end up kind of in that buyer seat for you.
also, I mean, through con inbound content like blogs, through social media, through webinars, you have a really awesome opportunity to build affinity with people who are on your target account list by mentioning them, by championing them, by calling out like what they're doing that's really, that's really exceptional. So if you're not already taking advantage of that, wow, like that's such a great, it's such a great vehicle as long as you do it like in a classy way and it doesn't seem very, very forced. Think about how you can kind of add, add value. And the other bonus is you may not have particular company on your target account list for whatever reason. But if you're producing content that speaks to your ideal customer profile and speaks to your buyer persona at that ICP, there's likely somebody else who is similar, who they will find you as well. And I do not know a salesperson who would say no to that. Web experiences. So we know engagement is a really key metric when we're talking about, about ABM. And it's especially important when we're in a long B2B sales cycle, right? So I think about some of our clients, their sales cycles are on, could be on the short end six months. Sometimes it's two to three years when you're buying, let's say, a software product that is like truly like transformational and super embedded in their organization. So one thing that we do in the inbound world, we do a lot of personalization on landing pages, on web pages, and in the, in the way of not just like doing a parlor trick, but thinking about how we can actually improve this person's experience. And there are some pretty sophisticated, slick tools out there. Don't just think about how you can personalize, like again, those parlor tricks. But if you have a really intelligent inbound CMS, you can display custom copy, custom forms, different images on pages when somebody who fits a specific profile is visiting, is visiting your site, right? So that's something I know a lot of ABM marketers are, are really trying to do. And it may seem like a tall order, but there's some, there's some really great technology out there to help you. So just a pro tip, check out HubSpot's CMS. And the reason I say that is because it used to be that you had to be on HubSpot marketing in order to take advantage of their CMS. That is no longer the case. So it's, it's now like, it's now platform agnostic and it will allow you to display dynamic messages. All right. Is there anybody here who has been running inbound or maybe even running kind of outbound campaigns, but you haven't really launched an ABM campaign yet? Okay. Okay. Great. So I wanted to share, you know, how do you get started? Because a lot of times uh, people are, are overwhelmed. I don't believe the world is just it's inbound or ABM, you know, ABM or inbound. It's, it's definitely both. You need to be doing both. But it's really easy to kind of get caught up, especially being at a conference like this where you're hearing about really sophisticated, mature marketing organizations and what they're rolling out. Don't get overwhelmed and think, I, I, I gotta get, I gotta do all this the way that everyone else is doing it. Reminds me of, I have, I am, uh, I have twins. And when I was pregnant, I was like petrified of like what, you know, looking at like babies are us of all of this stuff. And my husband said, Jen, there are places in the world where babies sleep on rocks. You, they'll be fine. So just kind of remember that to reframe yourself. But there are three main categories of ABM campaigns that we, that we, that we produce at, at, you know, here at SmartBug. One to one one to few, and one to many. So I want to go really quickly through what those three different aspects are if you're not familiar, and then walk through what I recommend that you do for your first campaign. So a one-to-one, -one, like what it sounds like, 
you are targeting one account, you're designing a campaign for that account. It's extremely customized, has a lot of moving pieces, and I do not recommend that you start out with a one-to-one campaign. I recommend that you, you mature into that. So then we've got one to few. So one to few is where you have a few different accounts and you design a campaign for those accounts that have maybe similar interests, similar pain points, goals. It is semi-customized. So you need to be able to build an account list that is segmented by, by the vertical, by pain points, needs, objectives, whatever interests that that individual may have. That's going to allow you to create content that solves a particular problem. And you're also going to need resources to create that campaign content. And when I say resources, I don't just mean marketing resources. I also mean sales enablement resources. And then there's one to many. And this is where you're targeting a much larger uh, number of accounts, little to no customization. And it's good, you know, if you have a very, you want a very high volume of opportunities, you want to attract attention from uh, a a very broad audience for maybe a brand initiative, maybe for something like this, like for a conference. So if, in case you didn't pick up on my, um, my change in energy, I believe if you're going to start off with ABM, you should try a one to few ABM campaign. Okay. So the first thing you want to do is leverage a data source that will help you identify a thematically segmented list of accounts. It might be by vertical, location, size, possibly, you know, technology use. So for example, let's say I want to attract SaaS companies located in the United States that have 100 employees or more and use Terminus software, right? And I want to build a campaign around that because I'm going to try to provide, you know, sell marketing services around around Terminus. So I could leverage a technology like Discover Org to be able to pull that kind of list for myself, right? Second, and this is the part that requires more work and you can't automatically just, you know, automatically just happen. You have to develop a campaign that's going to speak to the pain points that that particular, um, the personas in that particular ICP are, are going to share. And when you think about that campaign, one of the things I'm like, where am I pointing? One of the things I see the biggest mistakes people make is they build their account list and then they focus on paid media. And the campaign is paid media, Account list, paid media, and SDRs calling or AEs calling. Okay. If you're doing just that, you are not fueling that ABM campaign with inbound. So think about that campaign, create four to eight, you know, at, 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 at the, the minimum blog articles that are helpful, that are educational, that are not about your product or what you do, but help solve a problem for the buyer persona at your, at your ideal uh, account. Promote that content on social media. Don't just wait, you know, um, inbound's not about just like blogging and like waiting for money to like, you know, come in through your, through your computer. That's not what happens. You have to actually amplify your content with some organic social and drive people to some kind of premium content anchor. So what that anchor should be goes back to your persona research. So would your personas really uh, benefit from getting on a very hands-on tactical webinar? Is it attending an event in person? Is it a piece of content like an ebook or some kind of a guide? Is it a kit? I'm seeing a lot of success with this right now, um, like downloadable kits that include templates and worksheets that someone could actually use. And most likely, 
if you talk to your customer success teams, you can actually borrow the types of internal tools that your team has, repackage them as marketing and sales enablement collateral for yourself. It's something that we've been doing for ourselves and it's been very, very effective. So you have that premium content anchor, some kind of interactive tool, especially important for organizations that have long sales cycles as they're moving through the stages of consideration to decision is where you can definitely lose people. So give them something that helps answer questions that stays along with along their journey um, and think beyond an ROI calculator. Okay. ROI calculator, they've been kind of been, been done. I know there are some pretty great tools out there that can automate or, you know, create those automation, automate those kinds of interactive tools. You can custom develop, develop stuff yourself. But again, think about what kind of tool can we put into the hands of that buying committee of our champion that's going to help them better champion the message internally. Of course, paid media, right? So you have your target account lists and now you can start to promote your brand and promote this solution to those individuals wherever they are, which is excellent. And then a dedicated lead nurture campaign in your marketing automation system. So when those people enter, enter your, your marketing automation platform or your CRM, what happens? Are you a hundred percent relying on sales to take it from there and run with it? If you are, you're expecting too much of that sales rep, right? Think about from a marketing perspective, how you can specifically support that individual throughout a, a dedicated lead nurture campaign for that camp, for that particular campaign, right? Based off of that pain point, that content that you launched. And then the sales enablement resources. So think, what can I give my sales reps, my SDRs that's going to support them? It might be a buyer persona battle card that talks about like the like very high level, what pain points this person has and how they like to communicate and what platforms they're on. Just bringing it kind of fresh to their, to their mind. It's going to involve templates and talking points that they can use. And whatever content you're creating as part of this campaign as well, make sure you're not expecting your sales reps to have read and consume all of it, because unfortunately they won't. They won't do it. Believe me, I ran a sales team at a SaaS startup and I we demanded that everybody in the organization read everything that we produced. And it was it, it was futile, right? So just kind of give them the cliff's notes. Um, and as marketers, it's, it's your job to help support those sales reps and make sure that they understand what campaigns you're running. So I threw out a lot of information at you. We got uh, about a couple of minutes. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.